الجزيره بودكاست It's a financial scandal that crashed Mozambique's economy. A court has begun to announce its verdict against 19 former officials who are accused of crimes that include money laundering and bribery. So how will the nation move on? I'm Adrian Finnegan, and this is the Inside Story podcast where we dissect, analyze, and help to define major global stories. So let's bring in our guests for today's discussion. They're all joining us from Mozambique, from Maputo. Uh, we're joined by uh, Denise Namboretti, who is the founder and executive director of an organization for social change in Mozambique called Nweti. From Maramu in Mozambique, Fernando Lima is the founder of Media Coop, the first independent Mozambican media group and an investigative journalist. And again from Maputo, Borges Namire, a researcher at the anti-corruption non-profit watchdog Public Integrity Center. A warm welcome to you all. Uh, Denise, we'll start with a deceptively simple question uh, on a discussion around an incredibly complex topic here. I have a feeling that wherever we start this discussion, it will be the wrong place to start, but we've got to start somewhere. How did this scandal come to light? Um, the scandal came to light in 2000, came to light in 2016 when the Wall Street Journal uh, decided to publish a story on the, on the fraud. Three uh, recently created companies Uh, from Mozambique uh, contracted uh, $2.4 billion debt with Credit Suisse, who arranged uh, with investors in the US. And as far as we know, the investors in the US uh, started, uh, a, they, they denounced the, the fraud uh, to the Department of Justice, US Department of Justice, who started an investigation. And part of that, during that investigation, Wall Street Journal had access to information and they basically uh, disclosed all the fraud. And before that, no one knew anything about it. It had been kept secret. Um, in fact, we knew as a budget monitoring forum, we knew about the Matun loan. We knew about the uh, $850 million loan because it was included in the budget, in the state budget. And at the time we were analyzing the state budget and we questioned the Minister of Finance and the budget committee from the parliament about that amount in the budget. At the time it was said to us that it was meant for fish, fishing boats and for defense. And the money was split into portions for fishing boat and defense. So we knew about one of the loans, but not about the, the other two loans, the MAM and the Proindicus loan. And nobody smelled a rat, is that right? No, yes, you're right. Okay. Fernando, um, there are 19 defendants in this trial. Who's in the dock? Have the right people been charged? And will civil society in Mozambique get the accountability, the justice that it deserves? Well, uh, it seems so. Eventually, not everybody will, uh, will uh, be on trial or will be sentenced. But uh, yes, a number of significant uh, people involved in this uh, fraud, yes, they sat uh, at uh, at this trial. And this involves people related to former President uh, Armand Gebuza, uh, top people at uh, our security apparatus, and uh, all other people that were cooperating with the scam uh, related to the, the monies that were brought from Credit Suisse and VTB, uh, VTB Bank 
uh, Russian uh, Russian bank. So, to what extent um, does will the verdict mean that, that that some people who are involved in this scandal get away with it, and and will that be enough to satisfy civil society there in Mozambique? Well, uh, according to what civil society have already uh, expressed and uh, made public, uh, not at all, uh, because the, uh, the the position of civil society organizations is related to the state that should be reimbursed for all the uh, all the damage that have been caused to the Mozambican state. And so, at at this point, what have been uh, recovered from those loans are related to <clears throat> what these people have uh, bought with the monies they got from uh, from this uh, Lebanese uh, company based in Abu Dhabi. So this is just about uh, 10% of the whole uh, uh, money involved, which is 2.2 billion US dollars. So a minimum amount of those monies involved in this scandal have been recovered or are potentially uh, to be uh, to be recovered, not the, the large amount of uh, of the money. But at the same time, there is an action now being uh, being placed in London, and eventually, the state could also recover money uh, related to that from Privinvest, which is the company involved in a fraud, and also from the banks involved in the fraud, which are, again, uh, Credit Suisse and BDB. Borges, as we said at the beginning of the programme, the court has begun to deliver its uh, verdict. Um, how fair was the trial? Can we be confident that justice will be served in this case? Is there any reason to doubt the independence of the court? Um, I think the court is independent enough. Uh, so it brought uh, before the courts uh, people who are very important in Mozambique. Uh, I understand that some people are questioning how the court is independent. Uh, this is because we are all skeptical about the independence of justice uh, as a system in Mozambique. But for this case, uh, we are seeing the son of the former president uh, being tried also the former head of the intelligence service being tried and other uh, top official in the government. So uh, the court is independent and all the issues have been openly discussed in the court. Uh, it is good that the judge decided to broadcast live the trial so that everyone can watch it uh, from Facebook page, from uh, listening, from the radio, uh, TV. Uh, uh, but this is not enough. Uh, because the people who are being tried here uh, are not the top leaders, are not the one who decided to contract the debt. So the former president, Gibuza, who was the top uh, leader of the country when the debt has been contracted, uh, he has not been uh, tried and never, not even inducted. And also the current president, uh, Philippe Nyosi, who was the minister of defense and has a lot to do with debt also, has not been brought before the court. So while I believe uh, this is an independent and good and important trial, uh, some important people are still missing. Borges, uh, uh, we, we said at the beginning of the program that, that this loan deal was kept hidden from Parliament. Um, why were the justice system and Parliament unable to oversee the actions of, of the executive in the first place 
uh, there in, in Mozambique when, when this original loan was, was taken out. Why did Mozambique's checks and balances fail? It's simply because Mozambique is an authoritarian regime uh, where the executive power um, is superior and uh, sometimes it controls uh, the other uh, powers, like the, uh, the justice and the parliament. It's simply like that, uh, because the president at that time uh, could tell their, um, his ruling party members of the parliament to ignore the law. Uh, it happened indeed in 2014 when the parliament decided to legalize the debt, which is illegal. So this is because in this regime, authoritarian regime, the executive power controls the others. Denise, do you want to pick up on, on, on that point for me and, and why this original loan deal was kept hidden from Parliament? Why wasn't the IMF uh, notified about it? I mean, do, doesn't this it, in itself prove criminal intent? Yes, it does prove criminal intent. And I think um, uh, the fact that former minister, finance minister, is still arrested in Johannesburg awaiting for the decision of the courts about his extradition to Mozambique, either to Mozambique or to the United States, it's a clear indication of criminal intent. And I think that, um, as Borges is saying, the fact that we have an authoritarian regime, which actually makes the parliament, the majority of the parliament is made of the ruling party, which doesn't allow any independence and neutrality, and neutrality in the rulings of the parliament. So it gives all the opportunities for illegal debt to be contracted yet in Mozambique. Not only this debt, but we still see uh, debts being contracted in Mozambique without the approval of the parliament. That's still happening. And unfortunately, uh, systems are not yet in place to prevent, to provide tr full transparency for media and for civil society to scrutinize on, on, on the debts that are contracted, public debts speci specifically, that are contracted by the government. So what you're saying is far from throwing things wide open, this scandal has actually had the opposite effect in that it's, it's reduced democratic activity there in Mozambique. The state has become more authoritarian as it, it tries to cover up its actions. Yes, it does. It does. And we feel that uh, somehow we feel that um, donors supporting Mozambique are now going back to the state budget. They are going back to supporting um, the government of Mozambique with funding without minimal conditions of transparency and accountability being introduced in our uh, financial public financial system, which means that we will continue to contract that illegally. Fernando, um who benefited from this this two billion dollar loan, uh, which was meant to be for what a, a fishing fleet? Except for bribes, very little of that money actually went to Mozambique, did it? Yeah, that, that, that's the truth. Because all the materials that were supposed to arrive in Mozambique and to be being used, for example, by the armed forces, by security uh, forces. They are damaged. They are not working. The surveillance systems are not uh, are not working. So, uh, and according to an audit uh, that have been done uh, on the materials provided to a Mozambican state, it seems that it was part of the scam not to provide uh, proper uh, equipment to Mozambique. So Mozambique was deceptive uh, on on uh, on. Uh, 
different grounds, not only did not receive the proper equipment that have been uh, promised to the country, uh, the prices uh, were scandalous. So uh, all materials and equipments were overpriced. Uh, a lot of people benefit from the scam in terms of bribes. When I'm saying uh, uh, a lot of people, uh, people outside of the government, including uh, uh, Swiss bank uh, officials that have been uh, bribed by uh, Privinvest, the Lebanese uh, company, and other people that we, as Borges said before, we don't know to what extent they benefit from uh, this uh, scam, namely people within uh, Frelimo Party, which is the ruling party, and the government of Mozambique. So we do not know yet to what extent uh, there were other beneficiaries and there were other damages that have been committed against the Mozambican state. Given that, Fernando, and, and picking up on something that you were talking about a, f a few minutes ago, what hope then is there uh, of Mozambique recovering any of this, this stolen money, uh, which in many cases has already been converted into other assets like property? Yes, uh, Mozambique is being very active to recover uh, those monies. But as I emphasized before, this is a little portion of that. And I hope that the Mozambican state, with uh, their uh, judicial uh, legal actions in the court of, uh, the court of uh, uh, London, they will manage to uh, extract from uh, Credit Suisse and from, uh, uh, from Privinvest, the company that provides uh, all the materials, some additional uh, monies related to all these, uh, these scams. So this trial that we are talking about here is just a small portion of the whole scandal. And of course, in London, we have also a situation in which Mozambique, the Mozambican state, will try to not pay back the credits and the loans they got from uh, the two banks involved in the scam. Borges, what, what damage has this done to Mozambique's international standing and reputation? Uh, a lot. I think uh, Mozambique will never recover uh, all the damage that this debt has created. Uh, this is something that will take a generation because it must be seen in different uh, dimensions. So, uh, part of talking about the economic damage, which is very high, a uh, uh, study uh, done, uh, which I did participate in it uh, a couple of years ago, concluded that uh, uh, up to 2019, 11 billion USD uh, was the economic damage that Mozambique has uh, gotten from this debt. But despite the economic damage, there is um, uh, damage in terms of the democracy, uh, which, as Denise said, it has um, downgraded a lot. The government tried to uh, control the situation and by uh, 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 crackdowning the uh, freedom of the citizen, uh, freedom of speech, freedom of association, uh, freedom of press. Uh, so all this kind of damage has been created or is related to this. Day. But also, if we look to a uh, global index of democracy, uh, freedom, uh, human rights, in, uh, since the death has been discovered, we'll see that Mozambique is falling, and is falling a lot. And the reputation as well. Uh, there is a, a, 
a kind of joke that the president has said uh, in TV. He said, look, when I go to, uh, to, to, the, to the summer meetings in, in, in Washington from IMF, they say, oh, look, he has just arrived at the president of chief. This is something that is happening. As myself as a citizen, when I meet someone, what they ask me about is not about how is tourism in Mozambique. Not a, how is the gas in Mozambique? How is the debt in Mozambique? So this is something that will never, will never recover. Maybe in the next fifty years. Denise, uh, as the founder and executive director of an organisation that, that campaigns for social change in Mozambique, um, I want to ask about what impact this has had on on ordinary people there. When the scandal first came in uh, to light, the currency halved in value against the US dollar. Uh, as we said, the IMF withdrew its support. Um, how has that impacted the economy, the financial health of its people? What impact has it had on public spending? A lot. It has been tremendous. Immediately after the disclosure of the of the of the loans, as you said, uh, donors withdrew from the state budget, and that led uh, Mozambique, the government, to implement austerity measures, and uh, cuts were made to the. Uh, health, education, water and sanitation sectors. And that had the direct impact in how people access medication, you know, how they access medicine, how they access health services. Uh, we have seen that the health network and the health education network has become stagnant since the discovery of, the, of this uh, disclosure of these loans. Um, and, and above all, I think the impact has been in the pocket of the citizens. The economic impact has been tremendous because um, we have seen uh, from the from the since 2017 that investors are thinking twice before investing in Mozambique. That means it affects the fiscal space of the country for development, for investment. So um, I uh, the Mozambicans, they are, they are being penalized twice. One, uh, one for, you know, having, having to live day by day with the impact of the legal debt, and twice uh, by, you know, having to pay for the, uh, for the Matun loan, which is being paid every three months. And in addition to that, uh, the economy is stagnant. The economy, economy is not growing. Okay. which means um, it has a tremendous impact in the citizens. OK, Fernando, uh, two million people, additional people, pushed into to, to poverty. And as Denise was saying, uh, that loan that, that still needs to be paid. It, it, it hasn't gone away. Uh, is it going to be forced to continue servicing that debt plus uh, uh, additional costs? I mean, what further damage is that going to cause? Well, uh, theoretically, that, that's the, 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 the scenario. It's a, it's a very, very uh, difficult scenario ahead. That's why I think uh, the government had uh, decided that the good uh, strategy to also uh, uh, raising uh, doubts about paying back uh, that uh, that debt. In fact, unfortunately, the government is already. Uh, paying the monies involved in Amatun, the the boat, uh, the boat company. So the 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 tuna fishing company is not working, never worked. But 
because they are uh, uh, private investors, mainly uh, investors in the United States involved in, uh, in those bonds of, uh, of the tuna fishing company. Mozambique and the Minister of Finance is paying back uh, that particular loan. What is not being paid up to now is the loan uh, for the, 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 the company that was providing all the equipment for security purposes and another company that was involved in uh, theoretically assuming the maintenance of all these security, uh, security equipment. So, yes, these loans are still pending mm. on the Mozambican people, okay. on the government of Mozambique, but I hope that we will never pay part of that loan. Borges, could something like this happen again in Mozambique? Is it, is it happening again? And what about elsewhere in Africa? Are there enough checks, balances and transparency in the system to prevent something like this happening again? And uh, unfortunately, the, the answer is yes. This is something that might happen again in Mozambique. And this is something that maybe is happening at this time, maybe in a couple of years, uh, when this um, uh, government of President News leaves the power, we will see that there is more uh, hidden debt uh, because the problem has not been solved. We see this trial, which is the first trial, and this is not final decision that the court is going to take. But also, we see that people who contracted the debt they are proud of that. For example, the former president, Gibuza, he has said, and he keeps saying, I could do it again because I did it for my country. So people, they feel they have done the right thing. So, and while Prelim keeps on power and while the authoritarian regime continues, uh, this is something that might happen again. Uh, uh, about your question on the continent, I think it will go through country to country because if we see uh, uh, these uh, privileged uh, company first approached the Nigerian government to try to uh, give the same loan, but they have refused to take the loan. So we have seen that the, the former minister of, of finance in Nigeria at that time, uh, she was uh, conscious about what this was, how big this was, how, uh, how, how uh, okay. bad this could be to her country. So uh, it depends from country to country. Okay. There, I'm afraid we must end our discussion. Thank you all for being with us today on Inside Story. And that's it for the Inside Story podcast. This episode was produced by Damien Lay, Richard Thompson, Isaba Maseva, and Jimmy Getahun. The studio sound was by Deepak Pushkaran, and the program was edited by Georgios Florokapis, Lennon Guyan, and Joe Frias. Be sure to subscribe to the Inside Story podcast to catch every episode. And thanks for listening. We'll be back again on Thursday.